on today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition. What are some of the moral and ethical implications of VR training for hiring and firing? Should it be a two-way street? Plus, what other void VR experiences are out there, and where can you find them? Actually, believe it or not, a lot of people really want to talk about Barry and this whole VR HR training <laughs> thing, but we'll get back to that since we're still, we're still on the topic of the Star Wars Void VR. Uh, it's funny you brought up Disneyland. Uh, CKT was asking, do you think this is going to be how Disneyland or Disney World expand on their current theme park presentations? Okay, hmm. so where it is, I, I, I'm going to be clarify because I am a nerd about Disney and I know about this. So the Void worked with Di- with Disney, you know, to do this, but it's not inside the theme park proper. Mm. It's at their shopping center, like called Disney Springs in Orlando. Oh. So, so it's just kind of like you don't need a park ticket to check it out. But that, what about the one in Anaheim? I, I think it's also just outside, so it's not Got like it. part of Disneyland. Disneyland. Gotcha. Um, that said, um, you know the th- the thing about going to a theme park is being able to experience something that's not just like in a screen in a helmet. Yeah. Uh, so they can make that magic happen on a ride in a different way, and they're going to deliver that to you not in, like, VR, mm-hmm. where you're strapped to a computer system. Right. Uh, so I know with Galaxy's Edge, the whole new Star Wars Batu land that they have, you're you're having the, these rides that are a mix of special effects and screens, but they don't, they're not putting glasses on you. So right. that's, that's the magic that a theme park can give you without having necessarily glasses um, and making you, you know, have a mix of maybe actors, screens, props, animatronics, mm-hmm. you know, but... And uh, they have the luxury of space. They have the luxury of the fact that you've bought into this whole theme park thing. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's with these VR experiences, they're handy because you can kind of put them in fairly compact spaces or relatively compact spaces, right? But it is also the Disneyfication almost of what VR should be. Like, like this mm. is what VR, this is the potential of VR. What we yep. experienced, being able to take your friends, go somewhere and and start to be almost fooled and 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 believe the experience because you know the whole thing is all right if they make you sit down the very beginning you start to believe the space you smell things you feel the wind you feel the heat of being on that lava planet so like that's the kind of magic we want to see in other vr experiences maybe not if i'm not going to a disney ride though to be like or i got a vr headset on you know right ready for some more questions Yeah. yeah uh Imagine Soggy wants to know if it's, this is really just more than uh, kind of beefed up laser tag. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, well, for one, laser tag is more player versus player. This is sort of the idea is that we're kind of working as a team, and, and it, it's less of a it's less of a game. Like we, you talked to Curtis, uh, who, who kind of said he didn't want this to be about points or anything. Yeah, he there really were no points. There was yeah. no like like you know you won or something, but it was more like a, a story that that you are living. Uh, when yeah. I, I got to try Ralph Brakes VR, that was a lot of fun, and and it kind of messes with, with your mind for a while. You you know you want to get into it, and and there is gamification of the like you have to work as a team with your friend, right. but it's not like you're a clear video game winner or loser. Although I will say I, I would have liked to have like gotten a score at the end just to see if I did better than you, if I killed more stormtroopers. But um, that's you, you, you probably did. That's it. I I I did understand his point, but like if we if we took away stripped away any of the kind of the gaming elements of it and really just made about the experience you do kind of focus in on like living in the star wars universe as opposed I, to like 
I need to kill more stormtroopers because I need to rack my points up. I would have died. I think I got shot. I was getting <laughs> I got buzzed shot of so times many times. Too. And 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 for anyone watching, like like it feels like you're getting shocked, but it's not. It's a vibration, it's, but it's, it's not but, painful. But it's not painful. Yeah. But it's like it's like surprising. So yeah. when I'm going because it, it is kind of like giving you like a little vibration in different parts uh, of your vest depending on where you got hit. And I love the little touches uh, like you said Easter eggs like every time a stormtrooper would fall off the railing they get the scream the classic scream would go. I didn't even catch that because I'm oh, so yeah. into whenever the- I Whenever I fired like a headshot and the stormtrooper like fell off you could hear the scream as he goes down and mm-hmm. it's kind of awesome. <laughs> Any anything? Sure let's keep digging. Uh, what would we say is the current use case for VR? This is coming from Yan. He thinks it's probably just equivalent with gaming right now but do we see any other uh potential uses i know we've seen it utilized in like the training and surgery but where else do we see it kind of popping up on on the horizon that's right it was there was an article about how like you can be trained to be uh you know surgeon practice with vr so i I think that's probably the most practical one like you could train to be like auto mechanic you know you can work in a virtual mustang underneath a virtual mustang um you know, a lot of the applications, I think, for AR and VR are very similar in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the training is definitely a good one. I mean, they've tried, like, entertainment, like, movies in VR in the early days, and I just felt like that doesn't – that's really still tricky to do. I, I, I'm not into straining my eyes for a yeah. movie. I would say that this experience we did, as someone who easily gets nauseated, like mm-hmm. – I did not feel an ounce of nausea because I'm walking in the space. I am moving right. with it. Uh, the graphics were very good. And, um, uh, you know, it makes me want to do this more than play a game in VR. Yeah. Like I, sitting I, at home. I've done the game things. Um, and the, the the length of this experience it was about 15 minutes long. I thought yeah. it was actually kind of perfect because it, it left me wanting more. The I've done some that have lasted half an hour. And towards that that latter part, Especially if you're like shooting things or whatever, you're you start to get kind of tight. Your eyes start to fatigue, and it's it's it gets kind of uh, overwhelming. Like you don't you're not sure you want to do that again. That's more of like a one off. Whereas this one, this experience, like I kind of want to do it again. Like I want to try this one. I want to try the other ones. That it's like a moment to live the movies, right? You know, like um, it's it is basically a really expensive movie ticket that only lasts about fifteen minutes. <laughs> Uh, you know, speaking of other things that you can use VR for, I did speak to a professor a while back about how they were exploring um, having more empathy for things yeah. with VR. Now, obviously, that kind of ties into the whole like learning how to fire someone without hurting their feelings. Right. Uh, Barry aside, uh, but what if there were news events that you could actually connect with more? Yeah, um, and getting people to care about a, a situation more that maybe they they need your help because you feel like you're there through through different, um, you know, capabilities of, you know, of just playing with your, uh, senses. I, yep. I know that being in the void now makes me really think about the, the effects that it can have when you start to forget that it's just a video, you mm-hmm. know, it's a video, you got the thing on your head, right. but there are still a couple of things that, that are being done to help you, uh, I guess, kind of start to know that I'm interacting in this moment. Yeah, and uh, I think Facebook has tried this as well. They, you know, they've tried the idea of, um, like, in terms of empathy, of, like having these chat icons and like doing virtual chat. Um, and really, once I'm going to bring up my favorite term, five G. Like, once five G <laughs> comes around and, and bandwidth and latency is, is a lot better, uh, you can imagine doing sort of like actual real time VR VR chat. Like, I'm in my place and someone else is in I don't know Europe and mm-hmm. they're or in Paris. Uh, and you can see the surroundings. Everything's streaming in real time, and you can get a better sense of like you're actually being there. 
um, you know, it's, it's a, a theoretically replacement for, you know, telepresence or, or conferencing in, like having like have a video call or phone call. Placing that with a VR experience to me, that seems like one of the, it's like one of the, the holy grails of VR. If they can make it not awkward, because I don't know, everything I've seen so far is like, I got a big old headset on and I'm I'm a cartoon in a world. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. Like you'd have to have an avatar. You probably it's have like, to have an avatar. like, that ain't worth it. Let me just hop on Skype. <laughs> But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah there, there are we're there. There could be some more potential there. What do you? What else you got for us, uh, BBG? Uh, let's talk a little bit about the wish list. We talk about where we logistically think they could go. Now everyone's chiming off of where they want to see it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, CKT says AR would be ideal for Halloween haunted mazes. That's an amazing idea. I'd sign me up for that in a heartbeat. Uh, Ryan says I'm just waiting until there's a real life Star Trek holodeck. Uh, where do you guys think you would like it to be seen? I would like to see more of these, like more enhancements to the 360 video for, say, concert events you can't quite get to, or something where the only tickets available are like the nosebleed section, and they start streaming this stuff in a more VR AR type scenario. Maybe be able to get down into the mosh pit without getting kicked in the face. I would <laughs> like to see stuff like that. Well, yeah, there are uh, there are VR experiences like in terms of sports, like you can get like front row seats to. Laker games in VR. You don't want to watch the whole Laker game that way, though. No, do you? I, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty hardcore fan. <laughs> I might want to do that. Actually, see the sweat fly off in person. Mm, uh, yummy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, in terms of wish list, though. I mean, um, definitely the the resolution of the video has got to get better. I think it's like I thought the the Void one was great. It was probably the most polished one I've seen, but obviously it could be the higher resolution of the video, the better the experience, the more realistic it all is. Um, there's a bit of latency issues. Like there's still kind of a minor lag time on things. Um, I noticed when I was pushing buttons, pushing the physical buttons, there's like a split second lag between when you hit the button, when it lights up, mm-hmm. when it registers. And, you know, with, with 5G, with other, other technology that gets slimmed down really quickly. And it becomes, once it's like truly one-to-one, then you, your brain is completely full. Cause even throughout the experience, as immersive as it was, that little bit of a lag was just enough to kind of break the illusion a bit. And so that'd be nice. You know, when we were talking to Curtis, uh, who was one of the co-founders of The Void, uh, like I was really curious to hear uh, that p- the potential things that could be down the line yeah. with almost like, I, I mentioned choose your own adventure, but really like having something so um, uh I guess more in depth where it depends, like maybe an action I took could change the storyline. Yes. Yeah. Like now you're getting into like, like uh, you could have different endings or, or, you know, it, it just seemed very, very interesting. And we're only in the beginning of this as entertainment. Right. Totally. Yeah. The idea of this, the branching storyline that definitely answers the replayability, right? Like mm-hmm. knowing that I can go back in with four or five different endings in play. That's, yeah. That but, would be but of course, the more complicated you make it, you, you need, you know, tech yes. to kind of keep up with that. Absolutely. Other wishlist items include being immersed into the television show you are watching or, or this one's smart, Yan says VR lectures and tutorials so you never miss another class. That's actually pretty, pretty solid there. I could see that possibly becoming a thing. More and more teachers are teaching classes online with uh, downloadable lectures, yep. make, taking it one step further and, you know, being able to deal with your classmates BO right there in VR. Great. Cool. Let's do it. I don't know if anyone's read Ready Player One, but there was one example there that I thought was great was the idea that you were like the main character of a movie and you had to act out the role, like in terms of lines, almost like a karaoke style where like Mm -hmm. 
there are lines you'd have to read and everyone would interact with you and you're in the movie. Oh, that's pretty cool. And like the more accurate you are, like the the higher score you achieve and you keep going. And like if you screw it up, it like stops and pushes you back a scene. Um, But that would be a cool experience. Yeah, that's, I like that. That would be a fun idea. I would totally do Mac and Me. (laughs) I'm not the only one who's seen that. Okay, good to know. I've seen that too. I would not choose that as my... First VR experience, but sure. I didn't sure, say it was my I, I, I want to see moment. your dancing at McDonald's skills, you know, if you're, you're going to be the little, you know, Mac in the bear. Outfit. Listen, I didn't say it was my proudest moment, but yeah, I can quote more of that movie than I'm comfortable to admit, and I still <laughs> own it on VHS. All right, let's talk a little bit about this um, VR for HR uh, and, and poor old Barry. Uh, Timothy Dew, I'm just going to list off some great comments that have come through. VR can't measure heart. Firing someone only counts on what is at the bottom line. Uh, Brian M. says, if you feel so conflicted about firing someone, maybe your justifications need work first. I don't think VR is going to help that. Exactly. And then Ayaz is in here trolling the chat, and I think Joan's floating around in there too somewhere. Uh, Ayaz <laughs> says, wait a sec, the VR guy is going to spend more time in actual reality? I think that's actually in reference to uh, Oculus Nate, I believe mm. is what oh, they were yeah. saying. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ayaz also goes on to say, Barry's, action vary, uh, Barry's actions vary. Uh, Barry is an embezzler, so I guess that makes sense why he's getting fired in the first place. Uh, <laughs> Commander Trium says Barry's just playing senile. He can't get along with his colleagues anymore. Seen that a few times. Uh, I think both sides need practicing. This is the best comment out of all of them from Imagine Soggy. I think both sides need practicing. The employer doing the firing and the employees getting fired. Wouldn't that Ooh. be great if you got hired? I don't know a new how you job, could practice getting fired. But just... if the job was like, we're gonna go because they have these like HR training modules for here and like <laughs> everywhere. Is, what if one of them was act, like how this, to be fired? This is the appropriate response when you're fired. Here's a list. Here's the checklist. Up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Here's your chair. You can throw it over there. Yeah, that's um, a little I mean, tip. If you ever are going in for a meeting you don't want uh, to cry in, bring a glass of water. Because it's harder to cry in front of your boss if you have to drink water. Is that true? It's true. It's I have an HR friend who, when they're going to fire someone, they give them a glass of water. Oh my gosh, <laughs> um, that's it. I, you know, I was defending it earlier. Just the idea that like this gives folks an ability to kind of work on their empathy skills. But that said, I still think this is all kind of nightmare fuel. Mm-hmm. Like this is kind of out of some sort of weird dystopian sci-fi tech world. We shouldn't be desensitized to all awkward things by practicing them over and over again, but yet it's good in some cases. Yeah, like I I feel a little awkward. I mean, here's a a good example. I mean, don't you want um, uh, police and other... Mm -hmm. Authorities maybe practice awkward situations so they know how to de-escalate them. Handling conflict situations. But maybe that could be done in person. You know, you don't need a VR computer to tell you that. You could have a team workshop, you know. So, I don't know. Some some of these things are interesting, but I'm with you. I'm feeling a little little odd. All right, let's take some closing thoughts on VR before we wrap it up for the day. Speaking of VR, is there anything that competes with Oculus Quest? I'd rather not give Facebook any more money. Ooh, uh, I mean, there's the HTC Vive, but that's a higher-end system that's tethered still. I and think. you need a lot of stuff around yeah, you. Yeah, they're still working on getting that condensed. Uh, there is another HTC uh, headset they announced at CES, but I, we haven't gotten a lot of details on when it's actually going to be available. Um, and that's theoretically going to be cordless after some time, but it's it's still a while. But the, the Oculus Quest is sort of like, it's still like the go-to portable VR system. Scott loves it. I think the go-to thing is going out and trying it. Uh, I remember um, not too long ago, Dave and Buster's, the yeah. family arcade place. You know, they started uh, adding this rye that was a Jurassic 
World, I guess not Jurassic oh, yeah. Park anymore. Yeah, it's Jurassic yeah. World. Yeah, uh, where you're really in a actual like car that's that's moving like a simulator, but you got a headset on. It was a right. Vive. Yep. Um, and you know, for a lot of families, this and the Void, this is how they're going to get their yeah. reality experience because they don't need to buy a whole headset. And, and generally, unless you're really like, unless you're really hardcore about VR, being at the cutting edge, no one really needs a VR headset at this point. Like, I feel like these experiences, you're not going to get. The void or that Dave and Buster's experience at home, regardless of how high in your your rig is, right? So right. these are these are experiences that are like custom tailored to like fool your mind and actually make this an immersive experience. And really, think at this point, that's it's still the best way to experience VR is through these kinds of specialized locations, like a dip in, dip out entertainment. Yeah, like you don't have to invest like twelve hundred dollars on a system. Yeah, so. agreed. Uh, do we consider Google Glass and uh, Microsoft HoloLens AR or VR or something else? And Mixed reality. Yeah. No, it is, it it's, is, it, it's it is AR. more AR. It's AR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But do we see them possibly trudging into the VR territory at some point? Or are they going to stay exclusively in that domain? I think those are going to stay because the whole point is that it's it's something that just amplifies what you have in front of you. Like yeah. being able to see how to fix a toilet with the instructions right embedded on the toilet or whatever right. it might be, you know. And keep in mind, Google has its own VR headset, like the Daydream headset. So it's a separate thing. And then Microsoft offers support for VR, but it's not... It's not the HoloLens. It's not uh, their main thing. And for most people, AR is the more useful, pra- yeah. practical yeah. thing for training. That's always been sort of the downside of VR. Right? You've got this headset, and yes, there are tricks to kind of make you see each other in VR, but you're really cut off from the real world. And completely. you don't want to be in long. So with uh, something like what Microsoft's got, you just dip in and dip out anyways. Yeah. And then I'm glad you brought that up because uh, lastly here at the 11th hour, do we think AR is going to be more widely adopted or VR? Which one's first? Absolutely, AR is yeah. my vote. Your yeah. vote too? 100%. Yeah, yeah. especially because of this little doohickey. You know, uh, with, with everyone, you know, jumping in. I mean, you hate to throw out the Pokemon Go example all the time, yeah. but it's true. It's the thing that's more accessible, having on apps, and ha- every phone maker now is talking about all the little tricks you can do with AR. And everyone loves to send quirky things to their friends, even if yes. they don't know it. My uh, father-in-law was uh, sending us uh, an AR turtle to show my daughter. Like, hey, look, you can... He sent it on WhatsApp. I'm like, what did you even get this? Wow. But even if they don't get technology, they understand now, I think, like, like, oh, look at this cool, cool floating, t- yes. floating cartoon thing, yep. you know? So yep. I think that's going to be more popular, and it's the step in the door. Yeah, it doesn't require additional hardware. It doesn't require a bulky headset or a big computer. And, and it's... It's overlaid on top of the real world. I think people understand that. Mm-hmm. Like it's that's definitely more sci like My- that's more acceptable sci fi for like a lot of folks. It's like the idea of like almost like a heads up display over real life. Yeah. It was right. weird that my three-year-old even got it. She's like, oh, the turtle is on mommy. And then she knew ah. it wasn't when she moved their head away from the you know, from the phone. I was like, This is wild. You're this is wild. Toddlers are knowing AR now. Your father in law's hip. He's very hip, but I was just kind of like, where'd you even get this turtle? <laughs> it's just easy now is the point, I guess. Yep. Does that make imaginary friends for kids obsolete? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, they'll still have imaginary friends. Yeah, but, but now you can design your own imaginary friend yes. and send it to others and pose with pictures and share them and on Instagram. There you go. Yeah, of course. Why We're not? Fine. 
<laughs> All right, so just to recap before we let everybody go, uh, one more time about The Void. When does it open? How much does it cost? And how long was that experience? All right, well, the one we checked out in New York City, that is over at uh, uh, the World Trade Center Oculus Transportation mm-hmm. Hub, and that is uh, opened uh, on Friday to the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's others popping up all over, so you got to check out thevoid.com to you know be able to find out all the different locations. Uh, each... Uh, experience it depends on the day or time you might go but you're looking at it roughly it was about like like 30 to 40 dollars yeah. a person yeah. with tax um and uh yeah it's uh you could choose from different locations have different ones and i and when we ask the founder which one you got to try yeah hands down he's like you got if, if you have one that has the scary nicodemus in it you got to do it. He says people have been so scared that they just like pull up the headset and go, I'm out. Can't do it. I know that just totally has me intrigued. We were, I was actually in Vegas this past weekend uh, trying to get into the Void experience and they were pushing the Nicodemus one heavily. There was like a two and a half hour wait. So I guess, I mean, people are into it. It's going to be coming to the New York City one in October. But yeah, check your local listings, I suppose, if yep. there's one near you. Hey, Roger, if uh, you want to go in October, I'll go with you. I live for that stuff. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. It's been an excellent week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed us experimenting with a little bit more of a pre-tape segment thing here. Again, shout out to Sally and Rich for producing it. And, uh, yeah, have a great weekend, everybody. Bridget, go ahead and take us home. By the way, thank you for coming back. It's great to have you back. It's good to be back. Thanks, everyone. Uh, just as a reminder, we do stream live here on YouTube, Periscope, or at cnet.com slash daily charge and we're going to be here every weekday morning at 11 15 a.m eastern so if you're picking up what we're putting down go ahead and like comment and subscribe for the daily charge i'm bridget carey i'm roger j thanks for watching 